0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: And you are indeed a Locked On Magic. Today is January 14th, 2020. My name is Philip Mike. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, find me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk all about the Magic's win over the Sacramento Kings and talk a little bit about poise and when the Magic have it and when the Magic do not talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here coming your Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Sacramento Kings perspective of this game? Check out Locked On Kings. Want to take a look ahead to the Magic's game Wednesday against the Los Angeles Lakers? Listen to Locked On Lakers for their breakdown of the Lakers' win over the Cleveland Cavaliers. No matter what team you're interested in hearing about, the team you hate, or anywhere in between, you can find a Locked On podcast for you. Plus, we have great national podcasts and Locked On NBA, Locked On Face of Basketball, Rejecting the Screen, and the Duncan and Hollinger NBA show. Whether it's the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, college, or MLB, you can find a great Locked On podcast to cover whatever need you're looking for. To search wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. With about 70 seconds to go in Monday's game against the Sacramento Kings, the Orlando Magic found themselves in a very familiar spot. Familiar to Friday, at least. With 70 seconds to play, the Magic were up by 7 points. They seemed to have all the momentum on their side. They hit a big shot going into a timeout. And it felt like all they had to do was get that one last little play, that one last little bit, to put them over the top and get themselves a big victory. It would seemingly only take a perfect storm of bad plays, bad decisions, and shot making to eventually take them down. And for the second night in a row... That's pretty much what happened. Coming out of a timeout, Nemanja Alitsa, who had made seven three-pointers already to that point, came free across the screen. Aaron Gordon a little bit late defending him. He drains his eighth three-pointer of the game. Kings are down by four. Coming back to the other end, the Magic run their pet play. They've been running a high pick-and-roll with Evan Forney, Nikola Vucevic to much success for pretty much the last two, three minutes to expand their lead out to seven. They get the play. They execute it perfectly. They dump the ball into Nikola Vucevic. He travels as he pump fakes to try and set himself up for an easy and probably game-clinching layup. De'Aaron Fox then takes the ball, goes right into Markel Foltz's body, he's a stronger guy at this point, and scores. It's a two-point game all of a sudden. Five quick points. The Magic try a different play. They're unable to get much going and are forced to do a jump ball with two seconds left on the shot clock. The Kings win it. Darren Fox runs a pick and roll with Nemanja by Elitsa. Two Magic defenders run off of Fox as he fakes to by Elitsa to go cover by Elitsa at the three-point line because he had burned them so many times before. And the only thing that beats the Magic at this point is a three-pointer. And Fox has a free run at Nikola Vucevic. He hits the floater, gets fouled, and now the Kings are up one. An 8-0 run once again late in the game, just like against the Phoenix Suns. The Magic had blown a pretty comfortable lead late late in the game and now had to scramble just to get back into it. A lot of it their own mistakes, a lot of it good shot making for sure. But a blown lead nonetheless on a second straight night, a lesson maybe not learned. But the Magic still had 15 seconds, still plenty of time. And even though the Kings defended the play well and everything broke down, Evan Fournier is confident in these situations. He took his man, dribbled him to the elbow, saw the double coming, still had to rise up and shoot with so little time remaining. And spotted Aaron Gordon crashing to the foul line, to, the, to the basket, and spotted Corey Joseph trying to box out Aaron Gordon. And so as Evan Fournier rose to shoot the ball, he would say, "I almost shot it." But the last split second, he underhand shoveled the ball to Aaron Gordon. Gordon, perhaps caught a little unawares, caught the ball and put it up toward the basket drawing a foul on Corey Joseph and hitting the basket for a one-point lead. With 1.1 seconds left, the Orlando Magic had their lead back and the Kings couldn't draw up a good out-of-bounds play. The Magic defense deflecting the ball away, contesting the lob toward Harrison Barnes at the basket. And the Magic escaped Sacramento, not with a defeat after blowing such a big lead at the end of the game, but with a 114-112 to victory. As Steve Clifford would say after the game, this was probably our worst game since going to this big lineup, since Jonathan Isaac uh, was, was was, was injured and out of the lineup. Things didn't work smoothly all game. The team's defense was certainly mixed up with coverages and had one of its worst games in a very, very long time. But what ultimately matters is they got the win. And you'd rather learn those lessons in a win than not. The Magic did plenty wrong and plenty right throughout the course of the game. Orlando built a 17-point lead in the first half and looked really good doing it. Their defense was always a little rough roughshod. They never really tracked down Nemanja Bailica the entire game. Nikola Vucevic frankly looked like he couldn't move laterally at all as he banged knees in the first quarter. But the Magic found their way nonetheless. In the second half, even though the Kings had closed that deficit down, closed an 11-point halftime lead down to one by the end of the quarter, the Magic never gave up the lead until that day Aaron Fox make. Every time the Kings made a push, every time the Kings strung together a couple shots and made a little run, the Magic were able to control themselves, get themselves locked back in, and extend it back out. Again, until that final moment. And in that final moment, the Magic made a play. That's what this game comes down to, Ultimately, is the ability to make plays. And certainly that is a weakness of this Magic team. When the chips are down, they don't have someone that can go out and get their shot. But here, the Magic found a way. For lack, For lack of a better term, the Magic simply found a way. Even though they give up sixty points in the in the second half, they found their way. They did so even though they shot a far worse percentage, 43.5%. Even though they shot just nine of twenty-nine, even though they had, you know, some, some untimely turnovers and bad mistakes. Orlando got to the line for 30 free throws. They made 25 of them. Simply put, they found a way. It's really that simple sometimes. You don't have to play your best, you just have to play well enough. Will this kind of an effort, will this kind of a, a game beat the Lakers? Probably not. The Kings are not a perfect team. They they play they, Their offense comes in huge spurts and when they're good, they're good. They got a lot of good offensive players. But the Magic... just reached down and and got this one. I I really can't say it any other way. They had enough guys play well enough to get them the victory. They had plenty of guys play some really nice games in this one. And so, at the end of the day, the Magic put the pieces together long enough to get the victory. And again, it it was a game that was nip and tuck toward the end. And the Magic had that last play to make. The Orlando Magic defeat the Sacramento Kings 114-112. to 112. They're back in action Wednesday against the Los Angeles Lakers.
0: Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery. Plus.
2: Let's run through that final box score for you real fast. A couple of interesting performances to note. Uh, Nikola Vucevic leads the team in scoring with 26 points, 15 rebounds, 9 for 23 shooting, 2 for 6, 6 for 6 from the foul line. Um, v- three blocks as well. But, you know, Vucevic had a really odd game. Uh, early on, the Magic went to him a lot, and, and and the Magic had a clear advantage in the post with Vucevic in there. Um, just, just no other way around it. The Magic could just dump the ball into Vucevic, whether he's been guarded by Harry Giles, even if he's guarded by Marvin Bagley, uh, and certainly while he was guarded Nemanja by Elitza, they knew they could create double teams and create and force movement if they dumped the ball into Vucevic. And that's exactly what they did. When the Magic's offense was working really, really well, it was because Vucevic was getting the ball in the post, was able to post up his guy, make quick decisions, pass the ball to cutters, pass the ball to shooters, just everything worked through Vucevic and and. While this got the Magic a big lead early on, it became something they relied on a little bit too much. I think it is worth noting that the Magic had 17 assists in this game. 17 assists on 40 field goal makes, which is pretty low for a liner. They're, they're, they're a team that's usually in the in the low 20s, mid 20s when it comes to assists. Um, and and certainly, their assist number is usually more than 50% of their field goal makes. Now, this doesn't include maybe free throw assists, which might, inf- which might bump that number up a little bit more. Um, but the Magic really got stagnant in that second half. Um, I felt, especially third quarter, Orlando was really trying to force the ball to Vucevic, and the Kings did a good job doubling him and, and making him feel uncomfortable and, and making him rush his shot a little bit. Um, Vucevic, you know, I think we all kind of kind of know this, struggles with physicality, with with physical defenders, and struggles when he plays in a crowd. While he does make good decisions, while he can be a great passer, he is not someone that works well in a crowd, and I think this is still an element of his game that he has to change, and... Something that displayed itself in the playoffs, and, and certainly is displaying itself now, as teams are trying to figure out ways to slow down a, a really, you know, not potent Magic offense. You know, playing having an offense run through Nikola Vucevic probably has this weakness about it, um, and and I think we're seeing that play out. While I would still argue he is by far the Magic's best offensive option, and is still the best way for the Magic to attack, um, it, it, it's clear that that this is this is a weakness that that, that they have. That again. Got exploited in the playoffs last year. Will be exploited again when the Magic make the playoffs again next this year. Um, and, and so certainly something to keep an eye on. Um, Vucevic just, you know, again, the Magic just did not find a different way to attack. Um, they found one late in the fourth quarter. They went to Evan Fournier, Nikola Vucevic in the pick and roll. But again, even that felt very stagnant because they weren't getting everyone else involved. I'll talk about Fournier here in a minute, but to me, the Magic's offense works best when it gets everyone involved. To me, there were too many moments in this game where the magic kind of slowed down to set up the pick and roll or set up the post up and everything kind of stopped to get that going it, it you know when, when 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 you know there was that debate last week or a couple of weeks ago um, about post ups and and about uh, you know when when yeah, i think it was you know the TNT guys killed the Dallas Mavericks or, for, or Rick Kyla or kill, killed the Dallas Mavericks for not posting up Kristaps Porzingis enough and Rick Carlisle's response was pretty much the numbers. Pretty much tell us that this is not an efficient play. I mean, there are certainly times you want to go to it when there's a mouse in the house or there's a, you know a smaller defender on the guy, but it's not an efficient play. And it's not so much that it's not an efficient play because you're you're not getting good shots. It's not an efficient play because, and I, I th- I'm pretty sure Carlisle explained this in his answer uh, to when when a media member asked him about the criticism that the TNT guys were giving the Mavericks for for their, their strategy. It's not an efficient play because it slows your offense completely down. Unless you are elite, 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 and, and like Joel Embiid's elite. Nikola Vucevic is actually pretty good. I think he's, I haven't checked in a while, but I think he's scoring like .8 points per possession on uh, on, on post-up touches or, you know, high, high .8s, um, which again, not a good number. <laughs> Let's make that clear. You know, the top offenses are at like 110, 112. You know, Orlando is an offense— scores 105, about 105 points per 100 possessions. So if you're getting 0.8 points per possession on a, on a, on a play type, you're not doing that great. So keep that in mind. Um, but when you run a post-up, you slow the offense down to set that up. Unless it's, you know, again, I'm a big fan of if you're going to do a post-up, set a cross screen, get the guy posting up on the move. He's likely to get deeper post position. Um, You're not just kind of slowing the offense down to get a a perfect entry pass to the guy, and then he's got to size him up and kind of— it's essentially an iso play, which, again, do not do very well statistically. Um, On top of that, it gives the defense a chance to load up. Um, There's one possession that I'm thinking of particularly where Vucevic posted up, saw the double coming, and tried to whip the ball to the corner, but because, you know, everything's stagnant in a post-up, Trevor Ariza could could park himself between two guys— and react to the pass. And as as Vucevic made the pass, Ariza got into the passing lane, deflected it out of bounds, now you've got to reset your entire offense with less less time on the shot clock. So I think a big, I mean, I don't think the Magic made a mistake playing through Vucevic in this game. The the Kings had a clear weakness on the interior. Vucevic is a guy that can exploit that weakness. What I do criticize about the Magic in this game was how they slowed the game down to fit Vucevic into that game plan. They were forcing the ball to him rather than it naturally coming to him through cuts, through pin downs, you know, through through what have you, through pick and rolls, through what have you. Um, it, it just through through ball reversals. Even I mean I think that's a that's a great way to get post ups. Uh, I'm a big believer in if you're posting up, set your post up on the move. Don't don't be standing there for two three seconds calling for the ball. Set a come come across the lane on a cross screen on a ball reversal. Do something to get the defense to move, so they're not set as you catch the ball, and then you can make a quick move instead of letting them get set, letting them kind of get your get the, get their forearm into you and, and whatnot. And I think, you know, this, it, it, I don't know what it is. I think it's sometimes a little bit of a machismo thing. Um, that's 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 how I prefer my post-ups, and so a lot of this game was spent doing that on the defensive side of the ball. You know, I'm someone who defends Nikola Vucevic's defense a lot uh, early on. I did think. Some of the threes that Nemanja Bijelic was getting were were kind of schematic based. Um, you know, De'Aaron Fox is a player that puts Nikola Vucevic under a lot of stress. Um, you know, you look, you know, you think of the guys that give Vucevic the most problems historically. It's John Wall, it's Kimball Walker, it's De'Aaron Fox. It's got it's speedy point guards who can close space too quickly and leave Vucevic kind of on an island where he he can't react fast enough. He just doesn't have the the lateral quickness to react that quickly, and so. One of the things that gives the Magic a lot of problems defensively are five-out offenses. If Vucevic is guarding a five who can shoot from beyond the arc, because he's dropping so much and he does a very, you know, very aggressive drop. I mean, he is not coming up at all. He is he is waiting for you to come to him so he can challenge the shot. He's kind of setting his line, but because he drops so far off, it does expose the Magic's defense to pops. And so I think early on, the case was the Magic were not you know, really into the ball much. They weren't deterring the, the the screen there very much. And so that gave Bialica a lot of free reign beyond the arc. So the Magic gave up a lot of open shots, and, and Vucevic was late to close out on those because he was kind of so far off. As the game wore on, though, things got a lot worse for Vucevic. Um, it just his lateral quickness was not there. And I don't know if it was because he banged knees uh, early on in the game, early in the first quarter. He, he banged knees and, and appeared to to, to hurt, his, hurt his knee a little bit. Um He got checked up on. I, I I don't want to speculate that that he was hurt, but he, he definitely seemed like he was a step off all night. Um, again, an odd matchup. I, I don't think we'll see we'll see you know very many guys like this. Although, you know, you know, Rob Brook Lopez isn't going to pump fake and, and drive on you in the same way Baylisa does. He's, he's a little bit more athleticism than that. But you know, let's say the Magic are in a playoff series with the Bucs. Brooke Lopez is the kind of guy that will give Vucevic problems because he is just going to camp out at that three point line. line. Pull him away from the basket and make it very difficult for him to, to drop into coverage the way that that he wants to, or the way that the, the magic's defensive scheme calls on him to do to, to help help to help him a little bit, to be honest. Um Vucevic did get three blocks, so he wasn't all bad defensively, but his his lateral quickness was was not particularly strong in this game. So I think that's worth mentioning. And I spent way too much time talking about Nikola Hucevic. Let's get through the rest of the box score here. 25 points, six for sixteen shooting, one for six from beyond the arc, twelve for twelve from the foul line, six assists for Evan Fournier. A really nice game from Evan Fournier. Uh, you know, uh, he he scored um, three really big baskets late in the game to give the Magic that seven point lead. The Magic ran that that high pick and roll with him and Vucevic effectively. Orlando had every reason to trust Fournier on the ball um, late in the game. Uh, he was he was really superb. Uh, good poise, did a good job drawing contact and, and making. Uh, and getting to the foul line, obviously, twelve free throws is a heck of a lot. So he was very aggressive, and so while his three point shot wasn't falling, no one was. It was nine; there were nine for twenty nine for the game. While his three point shot wasn't falling. I think he did a really good job attacking the basket and 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 staying involved and 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 really helping finish this game. To be perfectly honest, um, you know, you know, it, it, that that last play for the Magic was a complete disaster, uh, but Fournier did a good job um, making something out of nothing and. His passing was on point for most of the night. There were definitely a few possessions where he had tunnel vision, was focusing on Vucevic. You know, maybe missed a guy that he doesn't quite trust to, to make a shot late in the game, especially. But overall, Fournier made the right play when he was driving. He was looking. He made good passes. Um, you know, when the defense collapsed around him, he found open guys. So uh, overall, really nice game for Evan Fournier. Aaron Gordon back in the lineup for the first time, uh, or for the first time in one game after missing Friday's game uh, with the with the calf uh, issue. Had a fantastic game. Nineteen points, eight for sixteen shooting, one for three from beyond the arc, nine rebounds, two assists, and of course the game winning basket. Um, Gordon just really played within himself. I mean, I, I think that the way Gordon played in this game on both ends, honestly, is exactly how the Magic need him to play. Um, you know, he he still took those those fadeaway those fadeaway jumpers. He was still in the post a lot, and, and again, kind of same issues. Vucevic struggled a little bit in the post, but he really got his shot and made things really difficult. I mean, Harrison Barnes is his primary matchup. Five points, two-for-eight shooting, missed both of his three-pointers. Um, I thought Gordon did a really nice job defensively, had a really just killer block. Um, he was active, cutting to the basket, just really smart, kind of finding his spots and, and picking his gaps. And, you know, I think, we, I think I always say this, when the offense works, when things are going well, the ball finds Aaron Gordon. Um, he, the, Aaron Gordon's offense does not primarily come because he is creating offense for himself. His offense primarily comes because he is in the right spot, uh, finding the right space and making plays off the ball to get to, to get baskets and to help the team win and, and to and to take the defense's attention uh, to him. Uh, I thought Gordon did that really really well. This is I think one of his best games of the season to be to be perfectly honest. Final guy I'll talk about here: Markel Fultz, 16 points, seven for eleven shooting, uh, four rebounds, two assists. Felt like a whole lot more. Uh, a really nice game for Markel Fultz. Um, you know I have to say I, I think uh, you know he had a good chunk of his points there in the second quarter. Um, was really confident with his shot. Hit hit a hit a three pointer, which is always good to see. Um, and just really got to the lane and, and did a good job. Um, defensively struggled with Darren Fox. You know, Fox showed off his strength a little bit. Uh, like I said, that that last play, he kind of just went in straight into Fultz's body and, and pushed him out of the way, not in a foul way, just out muscled him out of the way. Uh, and that's kind of what Fultz is going to go through. I mean, you know, I think Fultz is still a rookie and still a guy learning how to how to play at a high level in this league, and so. A really nice game for Markel Fultz. Really just, again, positive impact is such a big thing. Uh, it's such a big thing for me, I think, uh, when it comes to a lot of these guys. So, Fultz, a really nice game overall. Orlando shoots just 43.5% from the floor, 9 for 29 from beyond the arc. But they make 25 of 30 free throws to keep themselves in the game. They get 12 offensive rebounds. That get led to uh, several second-chance points. I'm going to refresh my page here and get that for you. Um, 12 offensive rebounds. Leading to 17 second chance points, Magic turned 12 turnovers into 11 points. So solid, you know, some some solid defensive indicators. Um, you know, Terrence Ross had a really nice day with four steals as well. Um, so some really nice indicators. But overall, the defense had its struggles. Darren Fox put a lot of stress on them. The Kings shoot 51.1 percent from the floor, 12 for 31 from beyond the arc. Nemanja Bjelica with 34 points, eight for 10 shooting from beyond the arc, seven rebounds. Darren Fox nearly a triple double with 31 points. 10 assists, 8 rebounds, 4 turnovers as well. Magic did a good job staying on Buddy Healed, Marvin Bagley was active around the basket, so the Kings did a lot of things that they need to do to play well. But overall, they couldn't get stops defensively when it really, really mattered. When, when they absolutely needed to get stops or uh, when, when the Magic were kind of building their lead, uh, they, they couldn't ever sustain momentum. The Kings are kind of run hot or cold with their shooting. When they go through a shooting binge, they are very difficult to beat. When you kind of get down and defend, they will turn the ball over, they will make mistakes, they will kind of take some ill-advised shots sometimes uh, and, and give you a chance to build your lead back up. And the Magic took that for the most part, um, except at the very, very end. So the Orlando Magic defeat the Sacramento Kings 114-112, to 112, their first win at the Golden 1 Center, the first win in Sacramento since 2016. The Orlando Magic continue the road trip next Wednesday against the Los Angeles Lakers for a back-to-back at the Staples Center.
3: Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
2: And and so, after these first two games of this road trip, there's definitely a lot of talk, I think, about poise about the ability to to finish and close games and you know I, I mentioned this I think on on the episode that I recorded Saturday feel free to go back in the archives and listen to the, listen to that episode of Lockdown Magic time and time and time and time and time again this this team has shown a lot of poise in a big picture way this team has really shown a lot of poise and, and composure uh, that I think has really been the biggest piece of evidence of the team's playoff experience you know when they when they were struggling at the beginning of the season I, I I think previous iterations of this team would have completely fallen apart and we wouldn't be talking about games that matter right now we'd probably be talking about the trades that this team could make and it wouldn't be much of a debate that they needed to make those trades but as I've been around this team a little bit I could definitely sense that that there's an institutional knowledge that there's, there was no panic after a loss or after you know a bad stretch. There's just there's kind of an unspoken understanding of this is what we got to do to get ourselves back right. But the injuries, the magic have had. I mean, the magic had similar injury issues two years ago under Frank Vogel and Frank Vogel's last year. And I don't know if even last year's team could handle the injuries the way that this year's team has handled the injuries where we're still talking about competing and being able to win games and stay in the playoff hunt. Again, I, I'll, I'll, I'll concede to, to you that the playoff hunt is a moving target. It's not necessarily a measure of whether the team is better or not, but it is something that this team wants to accomplish, and they are good enough to do so. So on one hand, that yes, this team has a lot of poise, a lot of composure, they they do see the forest for the trees. They know how to run the marathon. And and not and and shake off maybe a bad performance here or there, or a bad stretch here and there, knowing that there is a way for them to maybe not reach in to to grab it, but to right the ship and get themselves back on track. I do think that this that and, and this is just me. This is just my sense of things. I'm not. I'm not saying that this is how players feel or how players think, but this is my sense of things. I would agree that that while I think that this team has that, it it has worked against them a little bit, in that there's this. Be, that it feels like sometimes there's this belief that they can reach in and grab that playoff mode anytime they want, and and that's not the case. And and I would say that the biggest, the most stark example of this is the loss of the Hawks a few weeks ago at the Amway Center. But poise is something else too and there is a poise that that this team definitely lacks too. And and that right now is the poise to to close games. To put po- opponents away and not have to sweat out the last minutes of a game. That is definitely a poise this team is Lacking in, in, in some form or fashion. We've seen it play out over and over and over and over again, but especially these last two games, they've let star players take over, and they've let their defensive mindset slip. And yeah, yes, they've given up some tough shots, but they haven't made plays back at them. The Magic had the big turnover. I mean, yes, there was a foul in the Suns game, but they had the big turnover in this one where Vucevic shuffled his feet when he had a wide-open layup, a chance to... I mean, again, that would have made it a four-point game with about 30 seconds left. That's not, you know, the game's not over, but it's definitely much harder to come back from that. And the Magic are certainly a good enough free-throw shooting team that they should feel comfortable that they can put a game away at the foul line. Give the Magic credit then that, yes, they showed the poise to make a play, but even then, like, they didn't execute their final play well at all. I, I tweeted after the game, everything about that final play except for Aaron Gordon's make was just disgusting. Honestly, the way that final play played out, no one should be that happy with how it turned out. The Kings blew up the Magic's initial set, Evan Fournier tried to get Nikola Vucevic to come set a screen. He didn't for whatever reason, and then Fournier just decided, kind of on his own, I've got to go take the ball and score. I'm running out of time, and really, it was his last-second decision that got Aaron Gordon that shot to win the game. Is that poise? You know, maybe. But this team has had its struggles closing out games, whether it's the lead that they lost or nearly blew against the Washington Wizards when Bradley Beal went on a scoring run or the run that Joel Embiid went on, Devin Booker on Friday night, or Darren Fox in this game. The Magic have not been able to stem these tides. And so while they were able to survive all those games except for the, the Suns game, to be frank, while they were able to survive a lot of these, it's, it's a dangerous way to live. At some point, you gotta close these games. You gotta learn from your mistakes. You gotta just—you gotta find a way. Maybe, maybe they did this night, but it shouldn't be this much of a of a sweat of a sweat fest. It shouldn't be this much of a of a difficult time. And that's at least part of the struggle for the Magic right now. When we look at the big picture, and my plan is tomorrow to talk a little bit about, about the big picture for the Orlando Magic and, and, and think about the trade deadline in, in some form on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But you look at the big picture, yes, having that guy that can bury the other team, that can create his own shot in the way that Evan Fournier tried to at the end of the game, that can make a basket to, to prevent the game from even getting that close can change the momentum, that is definitely still the player the Magic are missing. and Again, it's not an easy player to find. Otherwise, the Magic would have one already. But it's definitely something they're missing. And the question for now was, how do the Magic execute better to to close that game out? To make sure their seven-point lead doesn't erase in three possessions. All this talk about a star player, at the end of the day, it still comes down to the Magic's defense. And whether it was against the Suns or whether it was against the, the Kings now, the Magic's defense led up in some big ways. The Magic made mistakes that cost him that Suns game. Devin Booker's go-ahead three came off of Markel Fultz's turnover underneath the basket, the place where you cannot turn the ball over. That was a mistake the Magic made. And yes, uh, there was a foul that should have been called that would have given Vucevic two free throws to tie the game. Vucevic still could have done a little bit better there, in my opinion. Certainly could have done a little bit better selling that call, but that, that's neither here nor there. It's a big play. Steve Clifford was right. That was a big play. But against the Sacramento team was, again, the Magic's mistakes that cost them, that nearly cost them the game. It was Vucevic turning the ball over on the travel. It was Vucevic fouling Fox on the jumper. It was the two players not communicating the switch correctly and leaving Bialy to open so that both of them went to him when Fox faked it that way. The Magic might have overall poise to overcome a tough loss or, or to, to bounce back with a better effort the next night. And yeah, I would expect the Magic to play better Wednesday against a, a marquee opponent in the Lakers. The Lakers get everyone's best shot. But what the Magic lack right now is the poise to finish out games. And it's a tough thing for them to solve. They had it last year. They closed out a lot of tough games. They lost their fair share of tough games, too. They closed out a lot of tough games. This year, for whatever reason, maybe the ball's not bouncing the way or, or, or something else is different. But this year, the Magic haven't shown that late-game poise. And frankly, if anything can derail the Magic season at this point, it's that. Orlando's record, the way it's split right now, they can't afford to lose games like they did Friday against the Suns or they almost did against the Kings. As I said in yesterday's podcast, Monday's game was about as close to a must-win game as a January game can be. This Los Angeles back-to-back is no joke. And to avoid an 0-4 start to the road trip, they needed to win this game. I'm not giving up on the Lakers or Clippers game by any stretch, but, uh, (laughs) you know, it'd be hard to say that the Magic, playing the way they are playing right now, undermanned the way that they are undermanned right now, are anything but long shots to to win both or one of these next two games. So the Magic have to find their poise. They have to find their calm. The same calm that they're showing game by game and day to day with their preparation, they need to find that late in these games so that they can close them out and not be in a panic or meltdown at the very end. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places you download podcasts. Your fo- podcast and mice. I just realized iTunes doesn't technically exist anymore. So Apple Music, wherever you, whatever it's called now, you can download our podcast wherever you download podcasts. to search for Locked On Magic. You can of course follow us on Twitter at. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. Though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossman Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.